this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, <laughs> to point that finger at you. My answer was that would be yes and no. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to vote. Welcome to this special bonus episode edition of the Municipals. I'm Matthew. And I'm Philip. And before uh, we continue this introduction, Matthew, I need you to look directly into my eyes, which is, I realize is very hard over Zoom. I'm going to try to facilitate this, okay, Matthew? All right. Eye, eye, man to man. I'm the mayor now. <laughs> <laughs> we are coming to you, uh, not live, but as a special bonus episode. Don't worry, later this week on Wednesday, our regular episode will still drop. But we wanted, we had to, we absolutely had to address the events that pretty much changed Friday and absorbed my entire weekend. And I'm, of course, talking about the resignation of John Tory as Toronto's mayor. Philip, before I play the video, just when you first heard, I just want to know what was going through your head when you first heard. Okay, so let's start with even just. The exact time of David Ryder posting the tweet with the Toronto Star story, which was it was 7.39 p.m., which I saw it. I immediately retweeted it with just the caption. Whoa. Were, like, that I, was it. Were you at home when, when that happened? Yeah. You know, um, I was just uh, – I was completely – I was completely blown away. Like six minutes later, I was telling, I was telling my wife, it was just like, we were both just having this, what, what happened? Like, and even, uh, I would say within the last six months, even my wife still had that image of John Tory as like this puritanical, just like, you know, he's the steady hand with, you know, directing the boat or whatever. And to immediately go kind of like whiplashy from there, you know, um, wow. And then, oh, and then of course we got to hear that he was going to address everyone at eight thirty, less than an hour after the story drops. And I don't, I didn't see it coming. I don't know about you, Matthew, but not a chance in hell did I see um, it coming at all. Well, there's a couple of tweets. I don't have them word for word in front of me, but I'm gonna we're gonna talk about them real quick and then I'm gonna play the video. So I'm gonna wait till you're done drinking because these are quite funny. So apparently there was a tweet and it went something like um uh you know only in Toronto you can be mayor and smoke crack and 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 get caught on video doing so and still remain mayor. But, but if you cheat on your wife, that's it. You're done as the mayor. And then and then the other one, oh, fuck. I, I can't remember I, where I saw this, but it was on Twitter. Um, only in Toronto where it's okay as mayor to smoke crack, you just can't lick it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, do, I do think there is this weird... Uh, I disagree with this commentary that's sort of going around where it's like um, this affair didn't really clear the bar for a resignation. And I think here's here's my thought there. Uh, first of all, just because we know other politicians would not have resigned over something like this does not mean John Tory resigning is this like extraordinary moral clarity moment. Like, you know, he he did what he did and then he got caught. He wasn't, I mean, he wasn't going to resign unless he got caught. So he got caught and felt the need to resign. It's not noble that he did. So, you know, that was a resign worthy thing. Um, I can't remember what my other thought was for, um, Do you want to play the video and then, and then it'll give you time to think on that thought. Let's go. Right. I love, uh, I've tried to find a replay of when he walks into the room 
because I love how his eyes bulge out as soon as he opens the door. I love it. Here we go. I want to update Torontoians uh, on a difficult personal matter. During the pandemic, I developed a relationship with an employee in my office in a way that did not meet the standards to which I hold myself as mayor and as a family man. The relationship ended by mutual consent earlier this year. During the course of our relationship some time ago, the employee decided to pursue employment outside City Hall and secured a job elsewhere. I recognize that permitting this relationship to develop was a serious error in judgment on my part. It came at a time when Barb, my wife of 40 plus years, and I were enduring many lengthy periods apart while I carried out my responsibilities during the pandemic. As a result, I've decided that I will step down as mayor so that I can take the time to reflect on my mistakes and to do the work of rebuilding the trust of my family. I'll be working with the city manager, the city clerk, and the deputy mayor, Jennifer McKelvey, to ensure an orderly transition in the coming days. While I deeply regret having to step away from a job that I love in a city that I love even more, I believe in my heart it is best to fully commit myself to the work that is required to repair these most important relationships. As well, I think it is important, as I always have, for the office of the mayor not to be in any way tarnished and not to see the city government itself, but through a period of prolonged controversy arising out of this error in judgment on my part, especially in light of some of the challenges that we face as a city. I'm deeply sorry, and I apologize unreservedly to the people of Toronto and to all of those hurt by my actions, including my staff, my colleagues on City Council, and the public service for whom I have such respect. Most of all, I apologize to my wife, Barb, and to my family, who I've let down more than anyone else. I hope the privacy of all of those impacted by my actions can be respected, and that includes me. I think, as you know, that I am naturally not, uh, I'm naturally a private person, notwithstanding some of the jobs that I've had over the years, and I hope you'll respect that and the privacy of everyone else as well, especially my wife and family. I've made the Integrity Commissioner aware of the relationship and asked him to review it. I want to thank the people of Toronto for trusting me as mayor. It has been the job of a lifetime. And while I've let them down and my family down in this instance, I've nonetheless been deeply honoured by the opportunity to serve the people of this wonderful city. And I believe that I did some good for the city, that I did make a positive difference uh, for the city that I truly love, particularly during the pandemic. I'm usually known for taking as many questions as you want to ask, but on this occasion, I think I'll let my statement speak for itself. Thank you. What do you think? It was, you know, he started talking, and at first in my head, I sort of think, because he's 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 phrasing it exactly as the Toronto Star article presented it. You know, it was, um, you know, a relationship that developed over the pandemic, got ended over uh, mutual consent earlier this year. You know, you know, in parentheses, of course, you can't really talk about true consensual relationships when the power dynamics are so like the difference is so strong. Um, but then it was just how, once again, with political scandal, especially recently, any any politician you sort of feel like, especially in Canada, there's no bar that is, like, too far for a politician to cross and not resign. Sort of, like, kind of have the idea that they have the mandate, so they get to stay on for the rest of the time. But and but just as, like, quickly and rapidly as he was saying those talking points, the sentence, and I'm resigning as mayor of Toronto, comes out of his mouth. And that's that was shocking. Completely blew me away. I know it kind of lit Twitter on fire. I was busy for the next, I don't know, at least 12 hours. It was, uh, it was a lot. Like there's a lot to think about. There's a lot to talk about going forward. This is, it's Toronto. This is it's Toronto politics was set to be on a certain course for the next four years. And we've just, I say we, um, technically, it was John Tory's penis has like flipped that on its head, um, and now we have a chance. Now we have a chance to well, completely change the course of the city, and for that, nope, you don't gotta hand it to John Tory's penis. But you know, I'm like, uh, well, before we you know, go there, we've got an opportunity. Before we go there, you know, one thing I covered during the election was that 
I, I had this worry, this suspicion. I don't know if I spoke with someone or I was informed, but I was told John Tory will not finish this next term. And in my head, I was like, then why is he running? Why doesn't he just step aside and, and let a new mayor? Do you mean during the election? Yeah. Like you heard that? Yes, I did. I heard that. I can't remember where oh, I heard wow. that. I, I I did cover it a couple of times, uh, but I didn't, it wasn't one of my strong points that I continued to hammer down. Um, but anyway, so let's. Well, let's what would that even mean? I, I had no idea what it means. I, I don't know if, if the person who told me this was aware of what was going on. I have no idea. So, um, but I did hear it during the election. Anyway. So technically, he has not resigned yet. But Phil, let me ask you, in your opinion, he said he was going to resign. So what happens this week if he has buyer's remorse and says, well, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stay on? What happens then? Can we force him out? Or what happens in your opinion? You know, here's the thing. I've, I've seen some people, uh, some commentary along those lines of, you know, he hasn't technically resigned until he, you know, gives that to the clerk's office or whatever. Um, yeah, quite a few people all over the political spectrum are sort of like, that could be a thing that happens. I personally, I think if John Torrey does that, it com- it will completely undermine the rest of his mayorality. Like, you don't get to come in and make a sweeping, dramatic uh, statement like that. And then just be like, oops, take back these. I, I'm sorry. Nope, this isn't. This doesn't cross the bar anymore. I've decided uh, I'm still the mayor. No, I think that's that's too dumb. That's too. Uh, it's not dumb for the people to like the people who like kind of suggested it. It's not stupid because, again, he he did not. He has not given those papers in. And, you know. And as a lot of the counselors have said, like nobody's really talked to him about it. Uh, I just think for John Tory to do that, it would be incredibly undermining of his position as mayor. And I got to bring this up because I saw this online too. How the fuck can Michael Thompson, counselor of Ward 21, still remain on council when he's up on two sexual assault charges? But John Tory cheats on his wife and he's he's uh, he's gone he, he he does at the, he does can we call what he did respectful he walked away he resigned is that respectful matthew that's that's exactly what i was talking about the sort of thought that um you know he did the bare minimum of actually resigning michael thompson is an example of a shameless politician who is not even doing the bare minimum of resigning for a tech, yeah, more disgusting sexual assault. Like, okay, again, the power dynamics, it to me, mean that their relationship couldn't have technically been consensual. I mean, it was, but it also, it's dangerous, you know, when, when you're the mayor of Toronto and like, what do you do? Fucking dump the mayor of Toronto. Also, it also brings up the good funny thought of do we remember John Tory's uh, 2021 hair you know that he grew out during the yes. pandemic yes do you, do you think um to be honest I don't want to say her name I don't think it's that important to the story um but do you think that she thought his hair was cute <laughs> <laughs> I can't see how there was a uh, there was a picture of him with that hair and there was a caption but I I can't remember what the caption was like uh uh it was something funny too fuck i wish i remembered anyway um so let's talk about what's going to happen in the days and weeks to come um i guess predicated on him handing in the papers and the resignation goes through that means that jennifer mckelvey the deputy mayor becomes the de facto mayor at least in the interim correct Mayor McKelvey is uh, what we're going to look at for the next few months while the campaign goes on. Now, let me ask you something before we get on to that. Do you think that she agreed with Tory's practices and stuff like that? Or do you think she was 
going along to get along? And do you think we might see things change, even if it's in the interim, um, going forward? For example, the budget. To be honest, I don't think John Tory would have made someone a deputy mayor who wasn't in line with his thinking. Does that make sense? Just not not too much deeper thought than that. It's just I don't think John Tory would have just made someone a deputy deputy mayor for fun. You know, I, I think there was strategy there. And actually, you remember last term there were four deputy mayors. Now there was only one this this uh, round. And going back to Michael Thompson for a minute, he was a deputy mayor. Holy shit. <laughs> Think about that for a minute. <laughs> um, so let's, let's talk about potentials because, and then, uh, you know, I, I, we can get out of here. Um, one, one name that comes to mind, he's already said he's in Gil Penalosa. Um, he said he wasn't going to run again. He said it was one and done. He's not going to run again, but, but I mean, I guess things have changed, but I mean, I'm sorry. I know he's your political grandfather, but uh, it's, it's about keeping your word. Your word is your bond. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to run again. And now he's running again. So if he can lie about that, what else is he going to lie about? So I 100% understand your perspective there. The th ultimately, here's here's what I think is different. You know, this is not 2026. This is four months from the election. An election where this, this does sound like I'm justifying um, a lot, but, you know, an election... That was an uphill battle for anyone who wasn't John Tory. You know, the incumbent, the incumbency advantage is very powerful. So this is, and as I, I says, as I said earlier, and this isn't even me endorsing Gil Penalosa. The important thing that I've said is, so the end of my the end of my thought there really is. I I would hundred percent understand your perspective where you're coming from to say that uh, you would not trust trust him after that. I I personally feel like the circumstances warrant enough of a difference that I personally think this is an acceptable, uh, you know, going back on his word, I think the circumstances are different enough. That's a good point. It really is. Um, what about Olivia Chow? Um, has she said anything or is this just like, these are names that have been like dropped. So Olivia Chow's name was dropped. I know she's thinking about it. The last I heard, I don't know if she said she committed, but I mean, she lost to John Tory and Doug Ford in 2014 and really hasn't, I don't want to say she hasn't done much. She's probably very active. She's had a low she's had a low profile. Low profile. That's probably the best way to put it. What um, about what I don't about really, her? Uh, I'm not opposed to um, you know, especially someone with that legacy, the Jack Layton uh legacy. That would be pretty uh I don't know. I, I would trust her. I don't know if she could win. If that and I there's I have no explanation for that. I mean, other than, I think we're just, actually, here's the thing. I don't want to make any any comment of who can or can't win uh, at this moment, just purely based on we don't know who's running yet. Okay, let's talk about Jennifer McKelvey. I've heard at least one rumor that uh, she could run. So, how would that work? Would she have to resign as the Ward 25 counselor in order to run for uh, uh, being the mayor without the interim tag on it? Um, I'm just wondering what you think about that and what do you think her chances might be if she gets what, – what if she gets the John Tory endorsement? I mean, wouldn't that tank her? I, I, I'm wondering. 
So, uh, my understanding is that sitting councillors don't actually have to resign to run for mayor in a by-election. I don't exactly know why that is. When I think about it, it well, it's fine. It doesn't really make sense, but it's fine. So she'll uh, have to. But if she, but if she wins, she'll have to then resign her Ward Twenty Five seat. She can't. Yes. Oh, yes. And then okay. I think we would then have another by-election there, which would be very funny and interesting. <laughs> or would they would they assign someone in that position? No, I think they'd have another by-election. Holy shit, what a almost waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say that would give the opportunity for uh no, I don't want I don't want Mayor Bradford. So I my my hypothetical thought was going to a uh, if we had a Mayor Bradford, that would give uh, my friend Jenny Warden a chance to win uh, Ward Nineteen. But I'm like, no. Do we really want to? Do we really want to gamble on Mayor Bradford? No, no. I'm sorry, not a chance. You, we we don't fuck with that. We don't fuck with that. What about Josh Matlow? Uh. Obviously, obviously, I love it because he's he's very theatrical. Like, obviously, we are on the same side politically, so I do believe that he would be more likely to do things that I would think are good things to do. Um, although then that gives me the opportunity to be more disappointed when he goes against those things. You know what I'm saying? And he also um, and he also has be- shown uh, uh, in the past that. He he he'll he can switch sides on on issue to issue, um, which is which is very true. I mean, there's obviously there's something to be said about being able to be convinced. On the other hand, there is also something to be said about not sticking to your convictions. Let's dispel the biggest rumor that I've heard right now. Doug Ford. God, no. That would be... You and I both agree that that would just be stupid as fuck. Why would you... Doug Ford... Why Why would you... Why would you give up your seat? You're on the throne. You... The cities are creatures of the province. Doug Ford went for mayor, didn't get it, and then with his, like, iron fist was like, I'm gonna Thanos the shit out of uh, this by being the premier. He won. He didn't become the mayor. He beat Toronto. He he did better than us. So like, uh, why would he step down as premier just to like downgrade? That's an excellent point. Uh, and with that, what about Michael Ford? <laughs> you know, okay. So I've only heard, um, and I, I think it was from a Toronto Star article. So I don't know. And I, I know I've seen, I think, similar sentiment in the Toronto Sun about the two sort of um, conservative MPP choice, which is Brad Bradford, uh, which is sort of why I brought him up already. And the other one being, I believe his name is Stan Cho. I think he's the uh, Minister that. of Transportation. Um, I actually, I don't know his profile too well, so I don't <clears throat> entirely know why that in particular versus say a Michael Ford because we sort of know the Ford brand name as uh, as much as I like to deny it. Let me ask that you something. Carries some weird weight in Toronto. Let me ask yeah, you sorry. something. Have you ever heard Michael Ford speak? Uh, no. Is this he, a way for you to? No. So what are you what are you implying? I have I have nothing against Michael Ford. Absolutely not. Um, I don't cast aspersions on him because of his uncle. Um, however, I can't take the guy seriously. He has a childlike voice. Um, I just I, so I, I haven't heard take... him, but I know there are some of those politicians where it's like you you don't hear how they talk, and you see all these statements, either inflammatory or whatever. You finally hear their voice, and you're like, "What the fuck?" Like, I feel like, unfortunately, if I do become a politician, you know, obviously that's the goal, city councillor, uh, I feel like that would be me. I feel like 
you know, people would see the video clips of me talking. They wouldn't have the volume playing. One day they'd press play. They'd hear this like nasally, and I hate that the police budget is going up. And they'd be like, that's our fucking progressive savior, this fucking dork. So 100%, I want, I get the the negative appeal of having a childlike voice, especially when you're Michael Ford and you're talking about the over 900 Indian people that live in the province of Ontario. Hey, as long as as long as they talk <laughs> about your about your voice and they leave your hair alone, right? Oh, you know, eventually I have to get a haircut. I think, uh, you know, the integrity commissioner will come after me for the long hair. Right. All right, let's talk about Joe Cressy. Now, so actually, wait, before we we jump into Joe Cressy, actually, no, let's finish up with Joe Cressy. Uh, I like Joe Cressy. He's, uh, I feel like there's something to be said about nice guys on city council. You know, they're very just like, they, they are passionate about what they push forward, but they're very kind of like calm and level-headed about it. Joe Cressy always struck me as like one of those guys. And I, so I respect him enough to think that it would be cool if he did run for mayor. I respect him enough to see his message, uh, you know, where he basically describes that he gave up being a city councilor for his family. And while being the mayor would be a great opportunity, he would still rather, and I, no, sorry, man, that sounded like I was going to make it dismissive. He would rather be a dad. Ugh, can you believe it? No, I I 100%, it, it almost sucks that I respect him more for his decision because it makes me want him to run even more. But do you, do you have a, a tweet to read from him? Uh, there's a full statement. Would you like me to read that? Absolutely. All right. So uh, I will take one moment. Okay, and now, statement from Joe Cressy. In recent days, I've received many messages asking if I am planning to run for mayor of Toronto. Mayor Tory's resignation came as quite a shock to me, and I wanted to take the time to reflect before responding. I adore our city. I was raised in the annex. I represented downtown for eight years, and as the chair of the Board of Health during our COVID-19 response, I got to work with communities in every corner of Toronto and see how generous and caring people were in the toughest times. I love our city with everything I've got. In all honesty, years ago, I was seriously planning to run for mayor once the time felt right. That all changed, however, when I met my wife, Grace, and we decided to start a family. Sorry, one second, I'm getting to the second part. Uh, let's see. Last year, I left politics to spend more time with my young family. While recent events have changed the political landscape, they haven't changed my desire to be a more active and present dad. I simply couldn't be the mayor our city deserves while being the type of parent I want to be. I'm honored the possibility occurred to some people who know me, but I will not be running. Toronto is a spectacular city, and we have the capacity to be even better. And building a great city is the task of all of us. In every sector, every workplace, every community, each and every day. For me, that work continues, just not at City Hall. Joe Cressy. Wow. Amazing. It's, it's a very, it's <clears throat> integrity, just full on good shit, good dude. Absolutely. So let's talk about your boy, Michael Layton. Oh, oh no. Um, has he said anything? What I know, like I know his name has come up. I'm just uh, for context. As has not, he said anything one way or the other? Not that I'm aware of. I'm just looking for your opinion. And then when we're done scrolling through the names, we're each gonna pick the person we think is gonna win, and we'll see what happens. Ooh. Okay, all right. Okay. So like have I have I told you my my story of my my Twitter encounter with Mike Layton? I believe so. We covered it uh <laughs> when with Norm. Oh, did we? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I like I like Mike. I like his politics. Man, did he misread me that one time and really raved me raved the shit out of me for uh for no reason. Um 
I I wouldn't be opposed to Mayor Layton. Um, yeah, I like him. What Very about, simple. I like the guy. What about Chloe Brown? Oh, Chloe Brown. Um, the thing is, I've I've made a statement where I've said that it's it's early. It's early still, so I don't really want to throw my my name in for anyone yet. But I do have to say, if Chloe Brown, if Chloe Brown jumps in, I think I will have a heavy, heavy lead towards supporting her. Well, I've spoken with Chloe, and um, she's also made a, a public statement that she's she's considering it. She's thinking about it. Um, so there's that to look forward to. Uh, what about former mayor David Miller? Um, no, only because I think we can't, we need new leaders, new leaders, new ideas. Just that's, that's my simple statement against, uh, David Miller running. He doesn't need to. Okay. So let's get to the, uh, I mean, there's other names, but I don't know that we can take them seriously. Let's start with Blake Acton. Well, obviously not. Um, So I got to tell you, I got to tell you this, you know, I challenged him to be a part of our upcoming round table, which is going to be out this Wednesday, but we're recording it tomorrow. So hopefully he shows up. But part of the whole 12 hours that was I was on Twitter. I was on Twitter a lot this weekend, probably more than any other weekend. I was like, "Wow." Um, anyway, um, he 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 he's been running a Twitter campaign. The election came and went, and he was still running a Twitter campaign. Um, and things I find, I, I'm not going to say interesting. They're not interesting. But the things I find peculiar, I guess, is the word. Peculiar. Uh, that could be a t-shirt. Um, so anytime anyone asks him a question about his position or his platform, um, well, this was up until yesterday at some point because he started answering a couple of questions he was very vague but before that he wasn't answering questions his motto was elect me and find out well we just did that with john tory and we found out we found out real quick and then he has other people answering the questions for him and i'm like i even confronted the one person i'm like what are you doing answering for him people don't care about you they want to hear from the person who says i want to run for mayor of toronto can you imagine if if john tory didn't give john tory's resignation resignation speech if it was somebody else oh yeah i just think it's ridiculous and so for that uh, fact I can't take him seriously. And if he shows up to the round table, I'm more than happy to let him know my reasons, which are all based in fact. And, uh, you know, you can be the referee. How's that sound? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm glad that I won't have to physically get between you guys. Is all I'll <laughs> say. And, you know, it was interesting because uh, uh, Blake had posted, uh, you know, a kind of complaint about, uh, you know, bike lanes, uh, the Young Street bike lanes specifically. And uh, so Robert uh, Zachowski, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's um, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. He's with uh, Bikeways TO. Um, and he was sort of, you know, he's advocating for the bike lanes. And, uh, and Blake Acton makes a statement about how, you know, a majority of people agree with him. Now, to Robert's discredit, it's not like he posted a poll or a stat or a website or anything, but he had said, you know, well, polls say 80% of people agree with the bike lanes. And Blake Acton was like, 
that's ridiculous. What are you talking about? And I responded to him saying, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with being skeptical of polls and polling, but why do you dismiss his 80% agree with him statement, but not your own, the majority agree with me statement? Like, neither of you guys presented stats in that moment. You know what I mean? Well, the way I see it is that the 8,800 people or whatever it was that voted for Blake Acton is not the majority of the city of Toronto. Anyway. It is a very small percentage of people in the city of Toronto. Exactly. Um, anyway, we can. Is there any other of these other names that you want to discuss? Uh, we'll, we can talk about Reginald Toll. We can talk about Isabella Ganff. We can talk about Sarah Kleimenhag. Um, I've heard nothing from her. I don't know that she's going to run. Um, and then, you know, if there's any other fantasy names that you want to throw in there that I've looked over, or I've, sorry, I skipped over, um, let's throw them down. I know Isabella Gamp specifically said she's going to run again. I know she runs a, a, um, a low, a low budget campaign, but she's very passionate. She's very vocal. And, you know, I, I, I wish more people would support her, even though her fight seems to be with the province. Um, again, there's not really much the city can do in terms of, and, and more than one former mayoral candidate has brought this up where they think, oh, you should have the ODSB. Yeah, you should have more committees, more committees. That's all just middle management at, at City Hall. Who do you think is going to pay for all that? That's all taxpayers' money. So you're just creating jobs for what? The, the city can't do anything about OW or ODSP. That's provincial stuff. Yeah, they're city workers that administrate the funds and deal with the clients and stuff, but it's all provincial money. I mean, I, I think that does say two things. A, um, as for it's the city staff who, you know, deal with, they're the caseworkers. Uh, I've been on welfare and I know like the culture of the, the city staff who work at Ontario Works. And to have someone in a position, to have someone like Isabella in the mayor's chair, I think she would have a good focus on kind of reforming the people who work at Ontario Works because a lot of them are very heartless, if that makes sense. Like it's very, it's not really about, it's like you have to prove that you're suffering more than it's about them trying to work with you to like get you on a good place. So even just having someone at the in the mayor's chair who acknowledges the issue with like Ontario Works and ODSB is pretty solid. Um, and you're right in that she can't she doesn't dole out Ontario Works, she doesn't dole out ODSB, but she would be able to advocate for that strongly as the mayor of the largest city in the country. Absolutely. Now, is there any uh, any other? Big names or fantasy names that you want to throw out there that we've missed? Fantasy names. I I feel like I haven't. If he lived in Toronto, if he lived in Toronto, I might say Mike Schreiner. (laughs) Uh, He's a good guy. That'd be so funny. Why don't we uh, draft the letter just uh, saying he should move here? I wonder what the requirements are to how long do you have to live in Toronto before you can run for mayor? That'd be very funny. I actually, why do I not have, I don't know anyone who I'd be like. um, There's there's one other name that I I forgot to bring up that I want to bring up. It's your boy, Stephen Holliday. Seriously? Uh, No, I. Has there been rumblings? No, I'm just because, because of his last name, because of his family legacy, it's only natural that at some point, He's going to take a shot at the mayor's chair. I, I wonder. Here's, here's the thing. I I 100% believe that that name recognition does not exist beyond Ward 2. And if it does, it's just a little bit beyond Ward 2. Like, I don't think he's got a Toronto influence with the name Holiday. So I don't think that fucker wins the mayor's chair. <laughs> well, so last week, after city council voted against... Uh, the 24-7 warming centers, I was pissed, okay? And so it was Wednesday after work, and I took my brother to the city council chambers. To just I saw, sit there I saw that tweet. Like, I saw that tweet. <laughs> to just sit there 
to sit there and stew for 20 minutes and hope my negative vibes like entered the hearts of the heartless counselors like Stephen Holiday, who I like I leaned over to my brother and I point him out and I was like, that guy's a villain. And my brother said, oh, I don't like that. That's reductive. <laughs> did, did you get any did you get to talk to any of them? No, no, no. They were they were busy. Although it was funny that they were talking about something that ended up being relevant to me. They were talking about the uh, the receipts for municipal candidates in the previous election. You, you know, so it didn't end up being relevant to me. You know, you have a new cachet. You can be like, I'm a podcaster. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm I'm still not sure how to flex that muscle. I'll oh, learn. On, I it's on my resume. That's why I put it on my resume. <laughs> oh shit. Um, so let's talk about, uh, uh, one, one other name, or sorry, a couple other names. What about Mark Grimes? No. <laughs> okay. God, no. He's got, he's yeah, got, just... <laughs> hey, he's got time on his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else better to do. He's just like, yeah, I put my name in. I'm not going to work hard for this, but. Uh, you can vote for me or not. I don't give a shit. That's my uh, Mark Grimes. What about? I've never heard him speak. <laughs> what about Renata Ford, Rob Ford's widow? So I remember when she was running for the PPC. Uh, was that federally? Yes. No, there's there's no provincial PPC, right? There's only a federal PPC. Co- correct. Um. Yeah, that was wild. Um, <laughs> and uh, I wonder if she would even be... I feel like you'd have to be feel so burnt by politics after, like, after Rob Ford... After your husband was treated a certain way in office, you know? Like, I don't think she'd want to subject herself to that. And one last name. Um, oh, sorry, two more. Two more names. This is just a fantasy one. Um, Randy Ford. The the I believe he's the eldest Ford sibling. Who? He, and again, my concern is the Ford name could propel him to victory. And what he, if he's straight up just a he's just a dude named Randy? He uh, <laughs> he he currently he took over Deco labels when Doug Ford became the premier. What again? All I have to say is I don't know Randy Ford, so. What if he's just a dude named Randy? He's like, I'm the mayor. I'm imagining him in like like overalls, not like because I'm imagining him as a farmer, but because I imagine him having his like fingers on the straps, you know? Oh no, that would be like the not overalls, the uh suspenders. He would wear suspenders. Okay, and one final name I wanted to uh and you're gonna love this one. Denzel Minnen Denzel Minnen Wong. Oh. You you are correct to have uh, stated my love for this man. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, actually, and that is just a side good point with uh, John Tory's uh, last term with the four deputy mayors. I'm still pretty sure Denzel Minnenwong would have been the number one deputy mayor. However, that works, and I think we can all agree that we dodged a bullet for the story coming out now as opposed to on the flip side of the election uh, and John Tory resigns and it's Mayor Denzel Minnen Wong. So, all the names we've been through, let's pick one, you pick one, I'll pick one, and this will be like, uh, until they start, I mean, we can do this again once they start registering, but for right now, and obviously our pick would be predicated on them registering, um, I'm going to pick Josh Matlow. Okay, so here's my question to you. Are we picking who we want to support or who we think will win? Who we think will win. Okay. Um, I think I might agree with Josh Matlow. That's interesting. Um, Did you... I would not, I would not mind to see a Mayor Matlow. I think that would be okay. <laughs> Did you prepare a eulogy for the mayoralship of John Tory? Oh, you know, I was ready to just ramble on about Smart Track and Housing Now 
which was a failure, which was a failure, which was a failure. And the the released pothole blitz was he trying to get a, ahead of this like this Toronto Star article dropping, like all these you forgot one. Of you you that, forgot the, you forgot the rail deck park that was also a failure. I yes, thank you. I and that was that was going to be part of this formal eulogy, but I I couldn't remember what because I knew there was like three big things for three campaigns, and I know like it was more like something came up earlier, but. That was John Tory's legacy, his ability to essentially talk up vaporware, and it, as vaporware does, disappears into the vapor. He accomplished nothing. What did John Tory accomplish as mayor? Goddamn nothing. So basically, it goes- the Raptors, the Raptors won a championship while he was mayor, and he got to be the celebratory of the mayor of Toronto while the Raptors won. That's what John Tory. That's his legacy. That's all he got. I go back to our episode with Nick, and the name of that episode is "The Failure of a Legacy." I guess John Tory's legacy is failure. Wow, he's got uh, nothing under his belt. Nothing properly accomplished. Everything is half-assed, and a lot of it misses the stated attention. I'll say this. I will not miss his politics. I have nothing against the man, even to this day. I never liked his politics. Um, he was presented as the anti-Rob Ford. I, I never agreed with the stuff he did. I didn't agree with Smart Track, so I'm actually happy that it failed. Um, there was a lot of things that he wanted to do that he failed to do. And also, like... We go back to the the encampment removal and the way that was handled. And then at some point, I don't know if it was last year or the year before that, when it became apparent that he was nothing more than Doug Ford's bitch. And for that, sorry, John, we're not going to miss your politics. We are excited for the what we are excited for the future of Toronto. Um I can't wait to see what happens next. I was telling, I was telling my wife, I'm like, we've got our own version here of like, as the fucking, as the world turns or days of our lives or something. I'm, I'm really, really excited for what happens next. So to our, this sorry, is a huge moment. It's huge. It's huge. And, and, you know, it goes back to what I was saying during the election leading up to election day. This is when we cannot get this wrong. For those people who love your bike lanes, you need to get out and vote. For the people who want to defund the police, or at least think that the police budget is too high, you need to get out and vote. You can't sit on Twitter and bitch and moan and then not vote. For those people who think the police brutality is out of control, you need to vote. For the people who think the encampment removals and the continued encampment removals are out of control, you need to vote. And, and there's a million other things that I can sit here and say that you need to vote, but the bottom line is you need to get out and vote. We cannot get this wrong this time. I've got one word for you, Matthew. Yeah. Preach. So to our listeners, that was good. To our listeners, I thank you. I will say that we will be back on Wednesday for our regular weekly show. It's going to be the roundtable. We'll see who has the guts to show up. Um, the list of people that are supposed to be there are Blake Acton, um, Gil Penalosa. Sarah Kleimanhag, Reginald Tall, Nia Singh. Uh, there's others that uh, I I've forgotten about and maybe a couple of surprises that you're just going to have to tune in to find out. Um, for the listeners of my other podcast, This Time in History, we are back this week. Um, I'm going to release it on Thursday, so Thursday at 6 a.m. Back with a brand new episode um, and... You know, this has been great. This is a, a, 
again, a bonus episode that we're providing to you because we couldn't just let what happened on Friday go unsaid, even though it's lit Twitter on fire, it's lit TikTok on fire. Um, we, I, I personally, I haven't even sat down to watch the, uh, the council meetings from last week. I'm going to do that. But uh, I, we had to come on here. We had to address this. Um, and I think we did a good job. What do, what do you think, Phil? I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of the city. We have a real chance here. And just to dispel any rumors, and I'm going to say this for the record, I will not be entering the mayoral race. I've already, believe me, that's part of what I was dealing with all weekend. I was thinking about it. Should I enter? Should I not enter? I'm going to enter. I'm not going to enter. I'm going to enter. I'm not going to enter. And I've decided I've fallen on not this time because I expect, I mean, we all said 31 candidates in the last election in October was ridiculous. This is going to be double that. It's going to be a lot of candidates. There's going to be vote splitting. Like you wouldn't believe. I, I honestly believe anyone who gets over a hundred thousand votes is probably a clear chance to win. Uh, you know, you're not going to need three hundred thousand votes like John Tory got. So, because of the amount of candidates, because of the vote splitting that's going to go on, I just don't want to be part of that. Plus, you know, uh, like Phil, I mean, we work, so we're not filing leave of absences. We would work and then go out afterwards and canvas. And this. This period of of election is only going to be like forty five days. For me, I, I would need the whole the whole shebang from May yeah. to October to cover the whole city because you know I'm not I'm not John Tory. I'm not. Uh, I don't come from wealth. Uh, I'm a working man, and so is Phil. And our families rely on us to continue to work. So that's what we'll do, even as we continue to follow our political dreams i'll say why don't you finish us off phil i think i've talked enough and people want to hear what you have to say and then we'll close it off uh my final thought is uh we have a real chance so let's let's really we don't have to tie ourselves down to any candidate yet you know we are still early days still we still have a chance for people to give us very exciting pitches. God, I'm excited for this city. Like, how depressing after that election to for us to have this opportunity to fix our mistake. That is the best way to end this. Uh, I love that. Fix our mistake. So for Phil, thank you guys for coming out. Uh, sorry, coming out for fucking for for tuning in and listening. Yeah. Uh, we came out. You guys are just listening, and uh, you know we'll see you again in a couple days on Wednesday. We'll be about we'll be out at six a.m. and uh, thank you guys so much for for tuning in. And this is the municipal. Have you been paying attention to like city stuff? Don't vote, can't bitch. Sorry to uh, to point that finger at you. My answer with that would be yes and. My tummy hurts, and I'm mad at the government. You're saying council wouldn't approve it, and two, you're robbing them of their their voice. It's it's he's already he's already failed to uphold. Uh,